it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Get Mental Podcast. Thank you for being here. As always, I hope you guys are having a great week, staying strong, staying positive, um, staying more in the middle. And uh, today we have a very um, exciting show and a very special guest, Mr. Noah Dingley of Across the County Radio, which airs um, on Salem Radio here in San Diego, which used to be my old stomping ground. So I'm really excited for Mr. Noah Dingley to be here. And today we're going to talk about a very kind of fun, exciting, and juicy subject. And it is the subject of infidelity, specifically, why do people cheat? But first of all, I just want to welcome Mr. Noah Dingley. Hey, Cecile. Yeah, I'm a pleasure to be here. I always love talking with you, whether it's my radio show or now on your podcast. And we we miss your radio show at Salem, So, but it's always good and fun to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. And, you know, for those of you who didn't know, we just recorded um, or I was on your show not too long ago. And I actually did share that on the Get Mental platform. So if anybody wants to listen to that interview, um, it's available to you and it's called How to Cope Now. So those are some practical strategies. Um, if you can't afford therapy or you're not necessarily thinking about therapy, Noah and I talked about some practical things you can do in the here and now to help yourself. So moving moving on, um, yeah, this subject, I really have been wanting to talk about it for the longest time because mm-hmm. it's so common, right? Like we hear about it all the time and I think it's kind of a mis- misunderstood phenomenon. You know, we just it's just easier to blame the cheater, so to speak. So I really wanted to break this down a little bit more so people have kind of a broader perspective on why infidelity happens. And then Mm. I also just want to talk a little bit about things you can do to recover from it if you are in that situation yourself. So I couldn't think of a better talking buddy, talking partner to bring this down. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Than you, Noah. And I know you're really passionate too about men's mental health. So let's start with that. Like statistically, they say men um, tend to cheat more than women. So what are your initial thoughts about that? Why do you think that is? Well, my initial thought is, as I shared with you a little bit before we started the broadcast, was I think that might be changing a little bit, and I could be wrong, uh, given how society is just, it's ever-changing, ever-evolving. The dynamic is obviously different than it was even five, ten years ago. Uh, I would still say men cheat more now, but I think women are cheating more than they used to. As to why men do it, uh, I've never been one to do it myself. I've had it happen to me several times. I, I can't understand the mindset, but I would say trying to think as a guy, which I am, if something, if there's a need that's not being met, 
They're looking for possibly an easy fix. They're looking for something or someone that's going to fulfill that need, but then not taking the responsibility of their relationship that they're currently in and actually either mending that relationship or doing the responsible thing, which would be to be, hey, this isn't working out. Uh, we've tried this and this and this. Maybe we should part ways and trying to have the best of both worlds. And then they get stuck and they end up the bad guy because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yes, yes. Oh, you sound like a therapist. <laughs> I play so one on the radio occasionally, even though I don't. <laughs> so oftentimes what I see in my practice is precisely that, that um, a lot of times people have unmet needs in the relationship yeah. and they don't know how to actively negotiate those needs or meet those needs. They don't know how to, you know, um, kind of resolve some of those conflicts in the relationship. And so they tend to seek it outside the relationship. Right. That's kind of the most com common pattern I think that so. I see. But it's actually deeper than that, um, because those unmet needs that you think you're not getting in the relationship is just a part of the puzzle. What tends to happen in my experience is, yes, there are relational kind of dynamics that can contribute to that. But the bigger piece is usually the relationship that that person has with themselves. Mm. So it, it really is more about the person than the, than the partner that they're cheating with on. Does that Perhaps you're talking about insecurity with, within your own self-worth. Yes, yes. You know, so um, like sometimes it's a, it's a modeling thing, meaning it was never modeled to you how to have a healthy relationship. That's right. true. Maybe you come from a broken home, uh, you know, and uh, one or both parents weren't there. So you didn't really have that proper upbringing And that as a single father myself and having to actually play mom and dad and mm -hmm. kind of being overbearing with my kids. That's just mm -hmm. it's what it's something that I've always done. And they'll uh, they'll love me for it eventually. <laughs> but that's another show. <laughs> that's another show. Uh, some kids don't get that. And then they grow up feeling with this emptiness inside and they don't know how to quite fill that void. Right, right. And then sometimes people start to feel justified if they feel, especially if they feel like I've done everything that I can to communicate to my partner what I need. I've done this. I've said this. I've tried this and still nothing has happened. So mm. I feel like what else, you know, what other choices did I have here? And, you know, to some extent, that might be right, valid and understandable, but it's still ultimately a reflection of that particular person's kind of resources and coping skills and uh, their state of mind, you know, because it's it's never OK. But this is not it's not I don't say that to shame somebody who has cheated before, really what what the, what needs to happen is to just look at that with curiosity and self-compassion and go, huh, I wonder, you know, what was happening for me that I ended up making those kinds of choices and do, you know, do I want to continue living my life that way or do I want to break that pattern so that I can actually truly have a loving, committed, intimate relationship if you're 
if that's what you're looking for. You know, you know, you know I find Cecile that again, having been cheated on several times myself. Yes. I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's devastating. There is probably no uh, worse feeling than you thought things were okay with a relationship that you were in, whether it's a wife or a girlfriend, uh, and you know if or vice versa if you know you're of the opposite gender uh but you had that trust in that person and you thought maybe everything was okay and you it comes out of nowhere and that's right. where i think also this is a lot to do with especially since i work in the media it has to do with communication because yes. sometimes you might think the person that's cheating in their head well you know what things aren't going right. I've tried this. I've tried this. It's not worth it. Why they don't break it off, I don't know. So there's justification in the other person's head that, okay, I've already done the work. I've already tried. So now I'm going to take care of me. And now I'm going to go ahead and fulfill my needs. Now that doesn't, it doesn't justify anything, but having dealt sometimes with sometimes that's the thought process. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's the thought process, especially again, having it have happened to me and talking to the other person, not, I, and I would communicate, well, you didn't tell me there was a problem. You didn't tell me that there was this, this, and this to work on. And so I think communication is huge. Oh, it's, it's essential, you know, and just going back to kind of your example there, sometimes people don't necessarily have still have so much love for for that person that they're cheating on and they don't necessarily want that relationship to end but they think i'm just gonna do something a little bit over here so i can sustain myself right yeah. or maybe you, you got carried away in the moment maybe it was you know a combination of like you're under the influence you're vulnerable and you know what have you a lot of times people actually don't want to lose the person that they're cheating on you know and so it becomes like really just not just but it's a reflection then not necessarily of that person's love for you but of their own internal stuff and their instability and their coping skills does that make I agree. sense i agree with that and, and i also think that that's why again you and i agree it's cheating is never okay but to not really so you find out that you've been cheated on and obviously it's devastating and you might have an yeah. initial reaction but don't blow up, I would say, and then, you know, cast the other person off to the other end of the world where you want no nothing to do with them. Maybe have a legitimate soul searching, hard discussion on why it happened, how it happened. And then if it's possible, how you can mend that so that that mm -hmm. wouldn't happen again. Now, that's not going to happen mm -hmm. in every scenario. I mean, I've been cheated on, too. It's it's super common, unfortunately. It is. You know, and. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody in my inner circle anyway, where I, I didn't know of a story of some kind of infidelity, whether, you know, they were, it happened to them or they did it to someone else. And um, I, I mean, I'm going to self-disclose here because I'm not, uh, you know, an angel or perfect. Back in college, I had a very long-term relationship and I ended up cheating on that uh, person, we're still friends, you know, mm -hmm. um, but not nothing, nothing. I mean, I'm not gonna get into the detail, but it's not like there was. It was, it was like, um, it wasn't a deep type of cheating, if that makes sense. Like, 
I knew that I was at risk for it. And, you know, I told my partner, you know, that there was some emotional infidelity there. And, you know, and the reason really was, you know, this is kind of like a great example of like, it's not always what it seems, is that I wasn't ready for the commitment. I was, you know, I felt like, because we were starting to talk about marriage and all these things. And I was in, you know, early 20s. And I didn't know it at the time, you know, it was looking back that I realized that's what I was doing. It, I yeah. was trying to get out of a, a, a very good loving relationship and I couldn't justify getting out of it other than I need to create some issue here, you know, so that I can justify leaving or, or so, so that we break up because I was not ready for marriage. And so instead of just saying I'm not ready for marriage, right, I wasn't at that level of my maturity yet to say that. And it was all unconscious where I was unconsciously sabotaging that relationship to justify mm. leaving it. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. And I think, but I didn't whether, know that and I think whether it's that I've reason, done the work on it. Yeah. And I think Cecile, whether it's that reason or maybe it's, you know, whether it's the heat of the, of the moment and you actually regret it later, which that does unfortunately happen a lot the key to all of this the key to all of this is to when you realize what you're doing when you realize what you what you've done whether it's present or past tense you must and i can't emphasize this enough you must have as hard as it's going to be and no matter what the reason is behind the cheating the infidelity you must have that discussion with your partner your girlfriend your boyfriend your wife your husband because it's respectful. You owe it to them. And in the end, it's, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And you know, it, you, you can help someone heal, right? Because outside of what we're talking about here, the bigger issue, you know, is when we hurt somebody and, and we don't try our best to repair or validate or acknowledge that. Yes, that person can still heal without that. But First of all, it's the right thing to do. Secondly, think of it as you're helping that person not hurt another person. Because how does pain kind of perpetuate itself, right? Because mm. someone else is in pain. Yeah. So, you know, you can stop kind of the bleeding right there. And like like you said earlier on, it's very painful and traumatic. I mean, I've had this happen to me a couple of times in a very, you know, tragic way too, where it was blatant infidelity lying to me i had no idea it was happening <laughs> until they finally got caught you know and um it, well and the thing is too not to interrupt you Steele, but not to interrupt you but when it, what happens is too is every time it happens and i hope it never happens to anybody and even if it does happen i hope it doesn't happen more than one time because each right. time that it happens it makes you at least it did for me build your walls up and you don't want to let anybody in emotionally uh, because you're afraid, and I think it's a natural human reaction, you don't want to get hurt again. And the more it happens, yes. the higher those walls go. And it can get it can get to the where you're uh, isolating yourself, not maybe totally, but from ever having any type of meaningful relationship. And that's it, that's a sad thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just to recap, right? Unmet needs are a big part of it. Um, sabotaging, right? Not having healthy coping skills, not really understanding yet, you know, why, why you're doing what you're doing. Modeling is really key as well. Like 
not having a lot of role models as to how to navigate these kinds of situations. Um, that certainly was a big part of my situation. Like, you know, it was modeled to me to have respect and love and all of that, but it wasn't modeled to me how to deal with conflict in an appropriate way. You know, nobody talked about stuff, right? It's always like, everything's fine, you know? Um, so that's some of the, 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 the common reasons why people would cheat. The other thing I want to talk about, Noah, is... Yes just other factors that make it um, that make someone even more vulnerable to cheating. I think, and you tell me what you think about this, because I think maybe men deal with this more than women. And again, that's just my assumption. Okay. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think like if you have a lot of temptation, like if the, if the environment you're in, right. So for example, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like athletes who are constantly bombarded with, you know, maybe women who want to get to know them, especially if they look really hot, right? Or mm-hmm. you have all of these kind of accolades or people in your position, like, oh, you you work for the radio. Like the more opportunities you might have, or even if you're just working, like you're the only maybe two men out of 15 women, right? There's kind of maybe an environmental factor, I think sometimes to this, that might make you more at risk, because you're in the environment and or you're in a specific type of envir- environment. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when you initially said uh, maybe because you're a man, you might have a different opinion, which I'm glad that you did, because I am one that truly thinks that men and women, their brains are wired by God differently. It's just the way it is. We think about things differently. But after you, yeah. got, through, after you got through what you said, you're 100% right, and we are on the exact same page, because I have always believed if you're in a relationship or, uh, or you're married, you need to be aware of the situation that you put yourself in, whether it's at work or mm-hmm. you know, you're out with the guys on the weekend or mm-hmm. whatever. You don't want to put yourself into a constant state of temptation, because At the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, we are all human and we all have a certain point where you would call it the breaking point where we (laughs) where we can't take anymore. And (laughs) and it it could be and it would even be the same with with women. I do think more susceptible to that. But at the end of the day, we're all human. So be aware of the situation you put yourself in. And if you really, truly care about your other person, that shouldn't be too hard to do. Yes, yes. Well, those are boundaries, right? I talk about that all the time uh, when I work with couples is that you have to protect the relationship. You have to eat. Both of you have to do your part in making sure those boundaries are are firm as a couple and talking about like what's kind of back to the communication, talking about what's uncomfortable for you, talking about what concerns you about their job or their environment or a coworker, it's really important to unpack that with your partner. And hopefully, you know, if you're in a healthy enough relationship or if there's enough kind of uh, good stuff there that you guys can talk about these things. And if you can't talk about it in a satisfying way, that's where you want to really consider a therapist. A lot of times when people come to see someone like me, it's a little like too late sometimes or they've waited a little too long so the work is a little harder because we're trying to undo 
you know, patterns or the cheating has already happened and now they're trying to recover from it. So, yes, you can still recover from it, but it's going to be so much easier and better if you start it as early as possible. If you start getting the help as early as possible. Nobody wants to go through nobody wants to go through infidelity um, in a relationship. It's a horrible thing, no matter how it manifests itself. And what I'm going to say is people hurt. Oh, yeah. People hurt, uh, you know, differently, but both parties definitely hurt. What I'm going to say as a guy, because I know guys often had, and I've told you this before, guys have a pride thing. I don't need to see a therapist. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I got to figure it out. No, if you are the one that's cheated on guy, or if you're the one that did it, take the responsibility, talk to your partner. And you know what, go see if it has happened a therapist as soon as possible. This is what my opinion is because they're going to be able to help you get through that a lot quicker and a lot smoother than you might do on your own because tensions are going to be high, especially when there's all these emotions that are going back and forth and you don't know how to quite process it, but that's what the therapist would be there for. Yes. And you know, like ultimately what we're all really seeking is love acceptance, belonging, significance, Mm. you know, I've never met a person. Um, and I've worked, you know, with some men who are more kind of on the extreme of this all to the point of sexual addiction, where that is really all they're, they're wanting and needing, you know, they're the bottom line is these are just symptoms of a bigger longing of a bigger kind of need, as we talked about in the beginning. And, Oftentimes people who are, especially those who are, you know, kind of in the sexual addiction category, they start to realize once they hit their bottom, like kind of like all the drugs and alcohol cannot, right, satisfy this deep longing that they were trying to uh, meet meet through all of these kind of sexual encounters. Yeah. Um, uh, One thing I want to say, I don't know how much time we have left, but before we do do get to the end. I do want to say where I think, especially being in the communications industry, I'm going to reiterate the biggest benefit you can do to your relationship, no matter what it is, again, uh, whether it's a long-term relationship or you're married, is to have that constant form of communication between you and your significant other. There can be nothing better to protect the relationship than communication, because if you're on the same page, and I'm not going to say there's not issues, because every relationship mm-hmm. has issues, and mm-hmm. if someone tells you that they don't, they're not telling the truth. Right. Uh, if you're on the same page with communication, the relationship will last a lot longer and be a lot smoother. And if you maybe do realize that you're not meant for each other, then that's a dis- discussion further down the line. But that is the right. best thing you can do for both people. Right, right. And, you know, um, there's different types of cheaters, meaning, right, there's the cheater, like I described, like I was in my 20s. Well, it happened one time. (laughs) This is like confession by Cecile. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then there's, because I don't want people to think it's such a black and white issue. It really isn't. It's so not. Um, So you have kind of that group you know, where it's a one-time thing, it was a mistake, you grew from it, you you learned what you needed to learn from it, right? And then there are the more chronic cheaters where this is really a pattern. And so I like that you said that. I like that you said that because there's a lot of people out there and I am not one of them because I've Mm -hmm. had friends come to me and say, well, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. No, most most of the time. I hate that statement because it's so misleading. 
Most of the time, Cecile, maybe. I would say maybe. But there are too many people also that I know where that is not the case. That right. as you and I have been talking about, there was a need that wasn't met or the relationship right. wasn't, it, you knew it wasn't meant to be. And for those mm -hmm. reasons, you can't make that blanket statement. No, and blanket statements are always usually just huge generalizations because that's really not a true statement. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater is just kind of reinforced by popular culture. But, you know, in the mental health field, we know that not to be true. And we mm -hmm. know that there's ways to recover and um, kind of heal from these things. And that's the reason why it keeps happening. If this is you, if this is a pattern, or if this was your partner, because they're not getting kind of the healing and the help that they need. It's not because they're just like, you know, evil, but there is a small percentage of people, right? So this is what I was talking about. There's those people who cheat one time. They, they, you know, it's not pathological. It's not a pattern. And then there, there are those in the group of like, there's some kind of pattern there, but you know, they start working on it and they start to learn new ways of relating and they start getting healthier in their relationships. And some of them break up, but they're a changed person and others. Uh, and I, I have both of those kind of groups in my practice and others are still together, but the relationship is a lot healthier, but they're working on um, they're in an ongoing recovery process, right? And then there's a smaller percentage. I believe it's a smaller percentage. I could be wrong. Um, where people are really like psychopathic about it. They're, they're, they're like narcissistic personality disordered. You know, they're really, they have no empathy. They have, they're really just out to kind of for the conquer and it, it, it doesn't hurt them. There's no remorse and they're, they're just out for that kind of experience. It's kind of very, um, you know, like I talked about in my uh, my previous narcissistic talk, parasitic. So there are those people like, um, you know, you know what I mean, Noah? Like um, Charles Manson, mm -hmm. you know, where it's just like. There are some people that had that even after even after the relationship has ended, just they they can't let go of the relationship months, years uh, later and it, it it becomes really it's not about it's got nothing to do with you uh something else that i've experienced and you have to let it go and not let it bother you and realize it's about this other person and it's just a very unhealthy thing and it's all about them and don't internalize it because in, in the end they have to fix themselves and it does have nothing to do with you oh it usually almost always doesn't have anything to do with you although it's hard, especially for those who have been repeatedly cheated on. It's so hard to separate, you know, from that belief that it must be me. There must be something wrong with me. This happens all the time, you know. So that's where, like, healing and proper mm. support and help is really crucial because sometimes it's really hard to kind of un un unblend from, from that idea that, well, it this person did this to me and this other person did it to me and this other person did it to me. So there must be something about me. Right. But the, the truth is no, 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 no. I like, love, I love what you said about the healing because there's some people that I think that come through this cheating ordeal and experience and they realize what they almost lost. And it makes them, I would say, I'm not, so I'm not endorsing cheating, but right. through the process, it makes their relationship even stronger.
Yes, yes. So, you know, that is the hope, you know, is if you are recognizing that this is a problem in your relationship or in your own personal pattern, relationship pattern. Mm. And if you're ready enough and willing enough to look at this and explore it and learn from it and heal what needs to be healed, there is a whole new world waiting for you on the other side. That is so much more fulfilling, so much more loving and truly intimate and connective and rewarding. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, this is what can happen if you decide to work on these issues, you're finally going to be in a truly happier, more loving relationship. And you cannot put a price on that, you know? No, at the end of the day, that is probably something that I think, and especially in this, it seems like everything is lately with this current uh, COVID type world, but we need to hold on to the things that matter and appreciate the things that we love all the more and so if you're going through right now a a a ordeal where you were cheated on and or you know maybe you're the one that did and you haven't told the other person yet take yeah. this as an opportunity to realize maybe what you may be risking mm-hmm. and sit down with the other person have mm-hmm. a deep conversation with them and if you guys can't figure it out that's where you can find somebody like Cecile who can come alongside you and Aww. really get get to why what happened happened because that's the key. You have to figure out why, and if you can't right. figure out why, um, then it's going gonna, gonna to be part of your coping skills, right? Exactly. It's going to be kind exactly. of in that toolbox. Every time you're vulnerable, you're not getting your needs met. You like, you're like, oh, that's right. That's an option. That's always something I can fall back. You know, and, and you know, I'll disclose here because this is, and this is why I'm always such a big proponent of of therapy. Is you know, my kids in their 20s now, um, you know, grew up in a broken home. I've been a single dad uh, since they were three years old, and it it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I know this is that this is more towards therapy and not towards what we're talking about, but they. It's all connected, and I had to make sure that they were at a at a therapist so that they could get through their younger years and right. were able to mentally and emotionally cope with themselves and with others, and being mm-hmm. able to be in there as well and get the therapy with them and also individually, it did me more good, it did them more good than we will probably ever know. And we're all the better for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, I'll just do a little self-plug since you talked about therapy. TranscendTherapyCA.com. Check us out. There's a, there's a few therapists in the practice. So I'm confident that one of us will be able to help you, especially if you're dealing with something like this. So back to infidelity. Uh, three other things I want to touch on, Noah. Sure. Biology is also a factor. I don't know if, uh, you know, people realize that, that that could be why some research has indicated that that could be why men tend to be more prone to cheating because of the testosterone levels. Like there seems to be a correlation between high testosterone and then higher risk for infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? To me, that kind of makes perfect it, sense. It was something, honestly, I didn't have facts on, but I had always assumed that because, you know, it, it, people tend to have a general 
idea of how testosterone works and, you know, with men having the higher levels of that, I had always assumed that that was probably why it was always more that men were the ones that were the instigators in the cheating process. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is um, social conditioning, meaning Right. Sometimes certain media, pop culture reinforces the message like it's cool, you know, it's not that bad, like certain maybe, you know, songs or messages that we get along the way. You know what? That might be. It minimizes. That might be for me, Cecile, at least personally in my mind, I think that's a greater influence than Mm -hmm. probably any other factor. Because you hear the same songs, you know, and there's, you know, uh, over and over again. You see the same movie over and over again with those messages in it. And eventually Mm -hmm. you're desensitized to it. And it almost becomes like, that's okay. That wasn't the way you thought before. But now because you really enjoy this movie and you're the song and you viewed it and listened to it over and over and over again. Now your thought It normalizes it. That's right. It normalizes it, you know. But we're a culture of mixed messages. Like, we're constantly contradicting ourselves, right, Mm -hmm. as a culture. So at the end of the day, that's why I go back to, like, upbringing and your conditioning in the family home. Because that's where everything starts. That's where the early seeds of stability get planted or instability. Mm. You know, you'll be more prone like your boys, for example, because they had someone like you who was self-aware and emotionally intelligent and had them to go to therapy, you know, they are probably going to be at a lower risk to do or act a certain way because you've helped them along. You've given them the foundation, right? Yeah, You're not going to be as rip at, as um, vulnerable by listening to a song or a movie, if you have that foundation, the danger is, is when you have kind of like that combination of not having, you know, a good uh, family environment and then maybe having some abuse or trauma that created a lot of insecurities in you and then right, the culture society. And so the combination of things can just make somebody more of a perpetrator or a victim. Does yeah, this is sense? where this is, yeah, it makes sense. And this is where I would say if you are a parent that's listening, you know, make sure you're emotionally there for your kid, even if they're not in therapy and there's no reason for them to be. Make sure you're yes. emotionally there for your for your son or your daughter all the time. Um, I know yes. there are some kids out there, unfortunately, that have a, a very broken home where there might be even no parents there and they're in foster care, all kinds of horrible situations that unfortunately are going to lead to, you know, maybe patterns and situations like this. But uh, if if you can avoid that and you're a parent or even if you're a foster parent and, you you know, you, you have, you know, this new child in your life, take the extra time. Right. It is so worth it to make sure that they're emotionally OK. Yes, yes, absolutely. I cannot emphasize or underscore that enough because, you know, that is essentially what fee- what what love is to our kids is our time and our attention, right? And attuning to them is also equally like a protective factor. Meaning, you the reason I'm pausing is because I don't want parents who are not doing this right now to feel like 
that they're inadequate parents, okay? That's oh, sure. not the message. The message is if you feel that there is a gap there or that you can improve upon that or you're not doing it at all, it's never too late. Kids are so loving and forgiving and resilient if they feel that your effort is genuine, you know? So it's never too late. And it could be as simple as just having a habit of asking them every day, especially if they're young and they live with you, they live with you, of just like every day, you know, I'm going to spend 15 minutes or so with my child and just really connect with them and just talk to them and really be interested in the kind of day that they had. Yeah, you know? that, that is so important. I, I'll tell you a personal story. I've had actually uh, one of my sons, I have, I have two sons, and uh, I always make sure on the way to work and on the way home from work to call both of them, unless the one that uh, is currently still living with me is asleep, then I know not to bother, but that's a whole other story. Um, but my, my, my other son is actually in Colorado on an open-ended work trip, and yep. I've been gone now for two months. We've talked about this before. Um, probably, as a parent, the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So I make sure at least twice a day in the morning and on the way home from work, even if he doesn't answer, that I call him and that I leave a message if I don't get to talk to him and I let him know I'm proud of him, I love him. And for me, those simple things, even if he doesn't respond, in my mind, I know that he is aware that, you know what, I'm oh, thinking about him, I care about him, and I know that goes a long way. And even my other oh, son- Oh, it goes a long, long way. And even my other son that's, that's still here, um, it, you know, in, in the home, I, yeah. you know, make sure I text him several times a day when I do know that he's up and about because our schedules are a little bit different. Um, right. and that I call, call him as well. And if it's a five minute conversation, you know what, that five minutes is more important than most people will ever realize. Oh yeah. And I tell people all the time, it's not so much the quantity, it's the quality, you know, five minutes of sincere attunement and interest to a child or to a to an adult child is so much more potent than eight hours of being together and not talking that's not right connecting at all you that's know right. where you're just living like roommates um unfortunately i i hear that a lot um so yes and the reason to circle back to our topic these are all kind of the protective factors that can help you know people when they become adults not to kind of develop these uh patterns in their relationships so mm. what you're doing is really you're not just investing in your child now you're investing in their future you're helping them become kind of better people my my personal goal i i kid about this but it's i'm serious about it is if i can raise one son one man you know to not be the cause of a person having to go to therapy because of what they did, <laughs> I I would be like, okay, my job is done. You there know? you go. I agree. Yeah. So, so just a couple of other things here. Um, sure. What do you think are the types of cheating, Noah? There is, there's kind of like the, I would say like the fling where you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you have, sometimes you have chemistry with, with people. And again, this doesn't condone anything. Um, so you're starting, you're blurring the lines. Kind you're of blurring thing. the lines. And then again, where it's so important to have boundaries, as you talked about earlier, is in a situation like that. Because if you don't have a boundary with your relationship, 
that it's instant that instant that instant spark is going to get you every time. Yep. So yeah. there's that. Then there's the type of cheating where it's not so much of a physical attraction, but you have, as you were saying earlier as well, that that emotional hole that mm-hmm. you maybe even had since a child. And even though mm-hmm. you're in this healthy relationship, there's something missing and you don't know what it is. And you, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're looking just to be to be loved. Right. And right. and so when something presents itself, maybe even if you have those boundaries, you kind of step over them because in your mind, it's OK. You're fulfilling that need that you need to fill in your in your heart, which in the end isn't going to get filled anyway because you're not solving the problem. Yeah. So your emotional needs are getting met, exactly. you know, the, then- the needs that are not getting met in the current relationship are probably getting met in that other relationship. That's why you're attached to it, you know? And then the there's third, also, um, and then yeah, the third, there, the third, there's one more. I was going to say that the third for me, and people need to realize this, um, is you're just in a bad relationship. It's not working. You don't have the heart, either person to, to end it for whatever reason, you're comfortable, whatever, but it's obviously not working. And so you seek out to have some type of relationship that for you would take the place of that other relationship at, to be able to get out of it. So you're looking yes. for, so you're looking for an out. Um, <laughs> I will say this if for whatever reason, your relationship isn't working. Um, the best thing you can do is painful as it is is to, is to, is to end the relationship. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. If anything, that's very mm-hmm. admirable, very admirable. Yeah. That's the mature, healthy thing to do. It you is. Know? Yeah, if if you can function in that way, then that is a, an indica- an indicator of kind of your own emotional and mental health. And equally important, if not more important, you are not perpetuating kind of the trauma and pain cycle. Mm. Right? So those are the main three that I would say. If there's any others that I missed, you, you can share them. But those are always the three that come to my mind whenever I think about infidelity. Yeah, no, that's great. The only thing I would add to that, and a lot of times people don't think about this, is financial infidelity. That's true. Yeah, it's very true. A lot of people gloss over that. Yeah, yeah. So we did a whole show on that, um, if you're interested in learning more about that. But that is real damaging, creates a lot of issues. You know, um, money is one of the number one causes of divorce. Um, Last time I checked, it was number one. So, really? And I think sex, yeah, I think sex was number two, and then in-laws were number three. That could be a little outdated. <laughs> but money's on, on, on one of the top ones, yeah, and sex. So a lot of times people say they're cheating on their partners because their sexual needs are not getting met, which, you know, I understand that can be fr- frustrating. But again, going back to what we're talking about here, there are other ways to meet those needs. You have, you have to be willing to put the work in. Um, If you're in that kind of situation. So the last thing I want to say is abusive relationships tend to also have a lot of infidelity. So if you are in that category, that's not necessarily something that I am encouraging you to, you know, um, really hang in there and work on and work with. Right. Because the only way are never okay. Yes, because the only way that that abuse pattern is going to change is not just. You know, it, the big piece of that problem really 
is the person doing the abuse, right? Just like the mm -hmm. big issue here is the person doing the cheating. But in an abusive pattern, it's even more critical that you either get help or you get out because it can be just even more damaging to your spirit or your self-esteem. And so, mental and, uh, and mental abuse, it can be just as bad as physical abuse. So let let's call let's call it out too, because you can absolutely. have somebody that, that's verbally just assaulting you, calling you bad names, you know, insulting mm -hmm. your character. That is never okay. No, and it's actually more of a mind f, you know, to not have the direct abuse and to have kind of these indirect abuses because then people have a really hard time naming it yeah. and they have a really hard time making sense of it. Therefore, they tend to stay longer or it takes them longer to kind of think they need some help. And then there's more damage, you know, that comes with it because it, it, it was so like absolutely confusing. So when you see red flags, check it out with people you trust or a therapist. So lastly, Noah, I just want to go over some stats here that I think are fun. Sure just for our audience. Um, this is for the Institute for Family Studies. That's where I am citing these statistics from. And it was a, a study between 20, 2000 to 2016 um, based on adults who are either currently married or have been married before. Again, you can go to the IFS or Institute for Family Studies. But what they found with the people they surveyed, surveyed was that men um, as we suspected, tend to cheat more than women. Mm -hmm. And then between three types of uh, races, white, black, and Hispanic, blacks tend to cheat more in this survey. And then 65-year-olds tend to cheat more. I uh, was number one on the list as far as the, 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 the age group that tended to cheat more in this study. And then the 35 to 64-year-olds were second on the list. I found that really surprising that 65 year olds were higher on this list than any Out of other everything agents. you just read that really caught me by surprise. Isn't it? Yeah. And then there's, um, they also looked at college education. So the people, the group who had some college cheated more compared to people with a high school or less degree or less education or higher education. So I thought that was interesting, too, because, yeah, I, w I would not have thought that if I was, you know, asked to guess. And then they also looked at political affiliation. So in this study, Democrats, people who identified as Democrats tended to cheat more than Republicans. So it went Democrats, independent, then Republicans. So I thought that was also very interesting. And then they looked up, uh, you know, kind of um, their family situation. If you grew up with both parents, you tended to not cheat as much as those who did not grow up with both parents. Well, that and, I would agree with 100%. And that's where, again, where that conversation you and I just had moments ago comes into play, where even if you don't have both parents, um, mm -hmm. make sure your children are, are mentally and emotionally doing okay and you know, get that extra help. Yes. And then religious service attendance, that's the, the last bit that they looked at which is people who went uh, to a service at least once a week or several times, you know, in a year, tended to not cheat as much as those who ne who've never gone to a religious service or only did it one once a year or less. That's so, something I, I, I probably would have thought before I even saw that statistic. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And then just lastly, um, 
again, you know, based on the same people that they studied, uh, the people who did not cheat on their spouse stayed, 76% of them stayed married. And the people with cheating in their relationship or cheated on their spouse, only 53% of them stayed, mar stayed married. So again, it's not surprising, but it, I love those stats because it goes to show you, right, that if you cheat on your spouse, you're at a higher risk for divorce. And at the same time, it doesn't have to be as bad as you think because it's only 53% compared to the 76% who stayed married. Well, that's, right. what I was, that's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking, okay, yeah, that's bad. But if you look at it from a positive, that means that 53% of the people that went through probably no matter what type of cheating it was, a horrible situation at the end of the day, sat down with their significant other and worked it out. Yes. And that's my overall message here, you guys. Other than, you know, educating you about the complexity of infidelity and getting out of that all or nothing thinking is hope. You know, that's what Get Mental is about, giving you guys education, information and hope that things can be repaired there. You have power and choice. There are things that we can do in, a mental, in the mental health community uh, to help you with these things. And it has to start from you, though. You have to want the help. You have to be prepared and willing to do the work. But, Nobody you know, can do it for you. Mm -mm. But like I always say, especially if you're married, therapy is a lot cheaper than divorce. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Noah. This went a lot longer than we thought. Um, well, I always love talking with you. You can keep going if you want. It's, it's <laughs> totally fine. Thank you for your insights and your, you know, just it's honesty. My and we hope to have you back here soon, one of these days again. Yeah, anytime and there's an issue you want to talk about that can benefit the San Diego community, I'm always here for you, Cecile. Thank you so much. So that's it, you guys. Like I always say, thank you for being here. Be well, be gentle, get mental, because we all have issues. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons.